1: Another episode of Revolution Recap. We have a special midweek podcast for you later on in the episode. The Blazing Muskets, Seth McComer spoke to Lori Lindsay, and they talk about the revolution in the season. Uh, but before we get to that, since this is a midweek episode, uh, we thought we would discuss the news that's happened throughout the week. Uh, I know that everyone listening is subscribed to The Blazing Musket, so you guys already know about this news. But just so we don't tack this on to the end of a podcast, uh, post-game podcast on this weekend, we figured we'd talk about some breaking news that has happened with the revolution this week. It has been a very, very busy week. And with me today are writers from The Blazing Musket, Sam Minton and Seth McComber. Sam and Seth, how are you doing? Very good.
2: Doing good, doing good. I Always love to be on Revolutionary cap.
1: Well, we're doing this on Thursday afternoon. Really, we shouldn't be good because there's been some revolution news and it's not very good news. Henry Kessler is going to be out for four months, according to Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena went on 98.5 Zolak and Bertrand earlier this afternoon. uh, And he kind of dropped some injury news that uh, Henry Kessler is going to have surgery. Uh, It is a right leg injury. It's the same leg that had that. Uh, he had some problems with last year. It seems like it's a recurring thing, uh, and they're going to the surgery table. He's going to be out for four months, according to Bruce Arena. Uh, Seth, what is your reaction to today's news?
3: Yeah, it's pretty disappointing because I thought Henry Kessler was doing very well this season. Uh, last year, we know he struggled with hamstring injury, injuries, and he missed some other games due to other reasons. To him, during the offseason, right before the season was, was about to kick off, he, he actually knew how many play, games he played last year. And for for me, that was a motivating sign that he wants to play more, that he wants to get on the national team, that he wants to make a jump to Europe. Just playing so well. His passing was pretty solid. His awareness of the game was really uh, good. And I think partnering him with uh, Dave Romney was looking good this season. So to see him struggle with hamstring injuries, and we know hamstring injuries are really tricky. Josie Altidore has had them in the past. Kessler actually said that Josie was giving him some advice um, about how to deal with them because they are so tricky. That's really tough. Uh, On the upside, I thought Andrew Farrell has looked good since coming back. Um, Experienced person, someone that Revolution fans know really well. And um, Dave Romney has been such a rock and so healthy that hopefully those two can form a really good partnership going forward. Uh, Andrew Farrell told me this week that uh, Dave Romney is a very, very good player. And that not only is he seeing it, but he knows that everyone that's watching Revs games
2: is seeing it as well. Yeah, I mean... I would say I would be more nervous if a guy like Dave Romney wasn't brought in. It, it was a much-needed move, and I think we're seeing exactly why Bruce went out and did it. We needed uh, – the revolution needed death, and that's what they got in Dave Romney. Obviously, it, it's a, a pretty big blow to lose someone like Kessler. Young player, was having a quality start to the season, but being able to have someone like Andrew Farrell step up into that role – isn't too bad. So obviously it is a pretty decent blow, but I'm not too concerned. This team continues to show that they can kind of have that next man up mentality. So obviously terrible news for Kessler. Uh Hope to see him back this season, uh, but I'm not too concerned and it will be interesting to see just how Bruce Green does manage this because next play of games, you got the open cup coming up. I believe it's almost like three games and you know, a very short amount of time. So it'll be interesting to see how Bruce Rina manages that death. Uh, but obviously, uh, prayers up to Kessler. Hope he heals back well. well.
1: Yeah, hopefully we see Kessler back soon. Uh, really tough timing, too, because I feel like f- on this show, we've been talking about the center back depth and how we needed to improve upon it. The bring in Dave Romney, who's been playing amazing 11 clearances uh, last week against Columbus. I believe he's third in the league. I believe I saw that from the Revolution game notes that the comms team sends out. He's having a phenomenal season, uh, and him and Kessler have turned out to be a, a great pairing. It feels like we've finally gotten that center back pairing we've been yearning for for years, and right when we get a taste, uh, Kessler has an injury, so Good thing we have Andrew Farrell to step right in. Uh, obviously, he's a veteran center back who can kind of fill the void in the meantime. And you wonder too with Omar uh, as a center back. I know there's also McCoon, uh there as a center back, but Ben Ravino is out on loan. You wonder if maybe this is an opportunity for the Revs to move up Pierre Cayet uh, to the to the the, the first team, uh, maybe uh, as a Revs two promotion. I know Santiago Suarez uh, has a first team contract for next year. Does he move up, uh, or do the Revs look elsewhere, or do they roll the dice and just write it out? With Andrew Farrell. Um, Big decision early, early in the season uh, for the revolution and I believe the transfer window actually opens or or it closes I mean today so I think they might have to wait until the summer window if they want to make a trade with an MLS but um, yeah we'll be very interested to see um, what happens with the revolution some other injury news real quick the Blazing Musket reported that Nacho Hill is actually currently in Spain Uh, he's not currently in the United States he's over in Spain hopefully getting that uh, Carlos heel treatment uh, from a couple of years ago uh, from that doctor that healed Carlos uh, and brought him back to form uh, very quickly Uh, so hopefully Nacho is back in the States Bruce Arena told the media today that there's no timeline uh, for his return, but he will be expected in the States uh, very, very shortly, but no timeline to when he's getting back on the field. And also Bruce Arena said on 98.5 today that uh, Gustavo Bo is healing quickly. It's a short-term injury. Not sure if he's going to play this weekend, so keep an eye out for that. Bo and Bobby Wood, by the way, are listed as questionable for this weekend, so unsure if they will be playing this weekend. Uh, One other item of news, the Revs made an acquisition. The Revs signed free agent left back Ben Sweat, most recently of sporting kansas city don't ask sporting kansas city fans their thoughts on him they're probably negative Uh, but sweat has a lot of veteran experience Uh, he's been a starter in mls for years and years and years had an acl injury a torn acl injury i believe in 2021 with austin fc so he didn't really have much experience there uh, playing for them Uh, but he's been a starter pretty much everywhere else he's been in mls Uh, sam what are your thoughts on the ben sweat acquisition
2: yeah, especially before this Henry Kessler injury, it just seemed like another deaf acquisition. You know, when you look behind DeJuan Jones, you have a guy like Ryan Spalding, who Seth uh, reported is going, or it seems to be going out on loan to a USL side. So I feel like you needed uh, a replacement there. And someone like Sweat brings that veteran, uh, you know, experience, which is much needed. would be interesting to see, if we can possibly see him on uh, the right side, but primarily on the left side, replacing or you know, possibly stepping in for a guy like DeWan Jones. Bruce Arena told media today that DeWan did participate in training, so it'll be interesting to see if he is able to play. I know there were some questions about his availability earlier in the week, uh, but I think it's another veteran acquisition. Like you said, Kansas City fans aren't too high on him. I think he could have a low bar to clear here, but just being able to have a veteran guy like him to come off the bench isn't a bad thing. I wouldn't expect him to be a Henry Kessler replacement. I think he's only played center back like seven times in his career. So definitely expect him to be someone, you know, maybe potentially DeJuan Jones gets that European transfer he's looking for or whether it comes these uh, crazy amount of games, you have a guy like Ben Sweat who come onto the field and hopefully give you a good 90 minutes. So definitely a good... Uh, depth acquisition to continue to increase that depth that Bruce Arena loves to talk about.
1: Seth, what are your thoughts on the Ben Sweat acquisition uh, and what role do you see him playing?
3: Yeah, I think it's always important to add depth. Um, I think that you guys have mentioned it. You and Sean and the other members of this podcast had mentioned that the outside back position has a little bit less depth than you might want from a championship-level team, especially to compete in the various competitions coming up. Uh, you know, when, when you look at uh, DeWan Jones on Tuesday, he was limited in practice. So I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that uh, DeJuan Jones will be out there when the Revolution play uh, Sporting KC because he is so so important to this team. Uh, but Ben Sweat is someone who is experienced, played for a lot of different teams. He can step up. He can offer assists. Uh, I think that it's really interesting. I asked today, how does it feel that you might get your first minutes against your former team? And he was kind of uh, excited about that. Said so it's a little bit of an ironic that he's going to possibly get his first minutes. He said there's a possibility to get minutes. um, And Sam asked him about his end at Sporting KC, you know, being waived uh, only a few games into the season. And he basically wanted to leave that in the past. So I think maybe there's a little bit of um, bad blood maybe that's happening. Um, So it'd be interesting to see if he does play this weekend and how he responds. Some people have said that the reason why he was not working with the sporting kc system this year is because it's a little bit different a little bit more demanding um and we obviously see that sporting kc is struggling so maybe it's a good thing that ben sweat has left the team uh because like he said he is here now to win championships to help the revolution in any way that he can um, even going as far as saying that he's willing to answer questions about sporting kc Uh, If Richie Williams or Bruce Arena or any of his teammates ask them. So I'm fine with the acquisition. I think it makes sense to add depth. And like you, uh, Greg, uh, I think there there has to be something to look at in terms of the center back position. And Kayet playing in the Open Cup might be a really interesting move
1: yeah it's interesting too with the u.s open cup is that going to be a tryout uh, for some revs two players so it's going to be interesting to see how these next few weeks play out i will add to uh, we've talked about how sweat is probably going to be a backup left back behind Dewan jones providing cover he's essentially replacing ryan spaulding in that spot he's also going to be replacing ryan spaulding on the supplemental roster uh, i will try to keep the nerd talk short but there's a 30 man roster in mls 20 is the uh, 20 spots go to the senior roster 10 go to the supplemental roster there are restrictions on the supplemental roster uh, one of the caveats is uh, a minimum salary players uh, over you know you could be any age but if you are making the uh, a minimum salary you can go to the supplemental roster and that is it seems to be the problem the the the, the contract here uh, with Ben Sweat so Ben Sweat is going to be going to the supplemental roster that is still full at 10 people and Ryan Spalding is going to be loaned out to open up that spot for him so it's a like for like replacement of Ryan Spalding kind of Uh, In every single way. Um, Also, it should be noted that this contract is for 2023 with a club option for 2024. So very, very low risk one year signing. Uh, And it's very possible we don't really see sweat too much uh, with the Juan Jones locking down that position. So um, just seems like a depth move, really MLS move uh, that if anything, it just strengthens your depth. And anytime you can get a veteran who's got over 100 appearances in a backup role, uh, I I feel like that's a, a decent gain. Uh, even though Sweat has not exactly played uh, his best soccer, uh, according to uh, Kansas City fans. So, uh, guys, before I let you go, are we guaranteeing a
3: a win for the Revs this weekend? Yeah, I mean, right? If this this Revolution team is for real, they have to put a a team like Sporting KC away, especially at home.
1: Sam, are you guaranteeing a win this weekend? I'm doing this for cursed Revs. Guarantee a win right now. Go.
2: Yep, yep. Guaranteeing a win. If Steph's guaranteeing a win, I'm definitely guaranteeing a win. If, If you're playing KC... They are not playing well. You should beat this team. It's a Ben Sweat revenge game. I'm saying that, not Ben Sweat. Definitely got to win this game.
1: They should win the Ben Sweat game. No sweat. They are minus 130 according to the books, so it seems like a bit of a trap game, uh, but absolutely right. If the Revs are for real, uh, this is a game you got to win. Sporting KC is in shambles. So hopefully uh, we're going to be talking about Uh, this weekend. Tanner is going to be hosting the podcast. I don't know if I'm going to be on it just yet. Maybe one of you guys will be on it. Not sure. Uh, But hopefully we're talking about another three points for the revolution. So uh, Sam and Seth, thank you so much for joining me. Now we're going to go over to our interview with Lori Lindsay. Before we do that, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Make sure you're going to GalassoKits.com and save 15% off your order with promo code REVSRECAP. Again, that's GalassoKits.com, promo code REVSRECAP. And by the way, make sure you browse through the other soccer section. Uh, I saw a Bikini Bottom soccer jersey, uh, which I thought was quite humorous. If you have uh, maybe a SpongeBob fan in your household, maybe they want a SpongeBob kit, make sure you go there to Glassokits.com, promo code REVSRECAP. Uh, And now here is Seth's interview with Lori Lindsay.
4: All right, so I'm here with uh, Lori Lindsay from Apple TV. Lori, thank you so much for giving us the the time and for joining this conversation.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Seth. Good to be chatting with you, and I'm excited for the conversation as well. So I'm really curious, uh, the first
4: year of Apple TV, it's a little bit different because you guys come into the local markets, meet with the players a little bit, meet with the coach a little bit. So I'm curious, uh, when you come in, when do you normally come in, and what does your prep look like to make sure that you're ready on game
3: day?
0: Yeah, it's been, actually, I mean, it's been, Awesome. Like the, the whole setup has been fantastic. We get to be live at the the stadiums, as you said. So typically the way it's worked because a lot of us are traveling in the day before the game, we'll have zoom calls with the coaches, uh, and any of the players that we request, we, we request, um, on the Thursday travel in the day before the game. So Friday and then call the games on Saturday. And then if potentially we can get, um, down to the field to say hi, depending on the requirements that we have for that particular game, prior or post-game, to get down to say hi to the coaches. Um, it's always a pleasure to be able to do that and just be able to be face-to-face, right? So, uh, yeah, it's been a great schedule. No complaints on my end. It's been um, a ton of fun to be at the games live and and to see the the players and the coaches up close and personal. Yeah,
4: you and Callum Williams have uh, done really well together. Great chemistry there. This will be your second trip to come to Foxborough. A little bit outside the city there. Uh, is there anything that you like to do when you go to Foxborough? Is there anything you're you're looking to hit up when you come into to Foxborough this weekend?
0: Well, nothing in particular that I'm hitting up because my family lives in, outside of Boston and North Andover. So a bit of a different direction, but I have been hitting my family up because it's like I get to steal a little bit of time with them when I typically have been on the road. So the last time I was there, I went to see, to my brother's house to see my nieces and um, my moms and hanging out with them. And then, uh, yeah, I'll do the same tomorrow, be able to steal a little family time. And then day of the game, is just, I can't remember the deli I went that was near, more near a hotel. It was excellent though. I was with Chris Whittingham at that time. So I'll have to get back with him and see what the name of that deli is. But anyway, a little like... Family owned, it felt like, went there and then um, hit uh, Gillette Stadium up. And it was awesome. So, yeah, good times when I go.
4: Love it. So uh, you're covering the Revs this weekend. The last time I believe you covered them was after the 4-0 loss to LAFC. Uh, the team has rolled and that's and kind of in the real real mirror. Obviously, this past weekend, it's a little bit of a disappointing 1-1 draw. We're one quarter into the season. What do you think about this New England Revolution side at this point?
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy this team a lot. It's been fun. This is this will be my third time covering them. I also had their D.C. United game at D.C. where Novak had the the late game winner. Uh, but it's fun to kind of see the trajectory because I think early on we saw, you know, they get the first win. Then they lose to LAFC that you mentioned 4-0. And it was kind of like, ah, what's this going to look like? And I really liked the conversation around the team, in particular with Bruce and then some of the players that we were... Uh, talking with before the games and just like all right it's time to regroup one of the main objectives this season is to be difficult to play against be difficult to break down we've seen that I think they've shown that it's tough to not only come to to New England and play them but even when they're on the road they're difficult to break down and then it's allowed players like Carlos Hill that had obviously picked up a bit of a knock he was making his way back earlier on in the season now he has obviously always a free roll but when you are more secure defensively I think it allows for those types of players the special players to get into the attack, do what they do best and um, look to score goals. And I think that will be the next piece, though, continuously looking to affect the attack. Can they score more goals, especially with that? We know that Brandon by Jones on the other side like to get forward. They like to be aggressive. So. Now they, can I they get more um more people influencing the tack and finding the back of the net a little bit more often for the amount of work that they're doing defensively?
4: You mentioned the special players. We know Carlos Hill is a uh, very special former MVP. In my opinion, he's really finding his form last week. The back heels, the tricks, like I can imagine going against this week, a guy every single week, and it just must be amazing. And some of the clips that he has even in training. Uh, One of the other very special players is Dylan Barrero. Dylan Barrero is out this weekend with a suspension. Uh, Bruce Arena has said that is immature the way he acted um, on a yellow card, even though he maybe disagrees with that first yellow card. He should have been a little bit smarter uh, going forward, but he ends up getting a second yellow gets fined for not leaving the field. Um, There's a little bit of a question of, like, who fits into that role. I have some ideas. What do you think that the Revolution should do this weekend with Dylan Brero not on the field?
0: Yeah, I I think it'll be interesting because they've floated in and out. I'm just, like, looking at some of my boards now, and they floated out in terms of some different formation. I think we'll see Bayraktarovic back into the starting lineup, another young kid. We didn't – Buck didn't start the last game, so is he going to – you know, step in there. And I think the one thing that we saw the last time Barrero's was out for international duty is they went with Buck and Polster as those two holding. Um, so we'll see. I, I would like to see you know, they're playing at home. So, and you're going to have Carlos Heel back, Latif maybe sitting in front. So you could lock it down a little bit more centrally with Buck and Polster and then allow Latif and Carlos Hill to be able to get higher up by Rakterovich potentially filling in. So they have some options, maybe Veroni playing the nine, getting him more minutes. So I think there's a lot of question marks, right? And I don't even know if Bruce has that solidified yet, but, I think it's something to build off of because even with Dylan Barrera out, um, who has been influential for them on the dribble uh, in transitional moments, you still have enough pieces to, I think, step into to what was their best performance last week against Columbus and continuing to bring that back at home in in this, without one of your most influential pieces. So honestly, it could go in either way. And I think it really just depends on... Uh, Penny Yotu is another one that I'm looking at that could potentially fill in there as well. So depends on where I think Bruce wants to maybe rest some players, see more players, get more minutes. So a lot of options, I think, which is pretty interesting at this state because they had some early injuries that kept some players out. So Altador looks like to be back in the mix as well. So I don't know. I mean, I can't read Bruce's mind. I think he's still deciding but you got a lot of pieces, which is, I think, promising for a team that has had a good start and looking to continue to build.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. I think You can't read his mind, and he spoke to the media today. He always loves the Thursday answer of, we, f- we do that stuff on oh, Friday. Of course, we don't <laughs> talk him on Friday, um, so it's <laughs> exactly. a little bit tough. Uh, I but appreciate I think it, yeah. I think that the, um, I think the young players is, is probably where he's going to go at painting out to, like you mentioned, Buck, get out there. Uh, Eshmir getting out there again, he scored two goals with Revs too. I'm curious as a former player, uh, have you ever dealt with something like this, that you see a really young talented player and that maybe there's a little uh, fire in them. Maybe there's a little bit of maturity. They don't really always understand the the moment of the situation. Uh, as a, uh, uh, you know, a a teammate of that individual, how do you coach a player like that who is uber talented and make sure that they kind of understand maybe how to pace themselves, how to harness their energy in a certain way? How do you do that if you're a teammate of an individual like that?
0: Yeah, I think it's, you you definitely see this. I mean, that's a, it's a young player that like, you know, is going to have to go through some growing pains and part of or one of the major reasons why he's excellent is because he doesn't have that fiery attitude. He wants to take players on. He wants to get into the mix. He's excellent one-v-one. And as I mentioned in, in the transitional moments, and sometimes when you play with that emotion, you know, it gets the better of you too. And you don't realize, okay, hey, listen, this is where we are in this point in the game, away from home, 1-0. So it's just, it's a part of the game. It's a learning aspect of the game. And I think the 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 thing that I really like about this new England team. And I appreciate, and I think it's one of the reasons why they're in the position that they are in is because they have a really good balance. You see some of these young players that are stepping up playing important minutes, but they also have enough leaders around them. And I think that's credit to Bruce because of the balance of that, of that roster. Yes. He can set the tone of what he wants and show the players. Like this is the, these are the the principles. These are the philosophies that I want, but those players that have been around are, I don't want to use the word accountable because yes, it stinks to have to miss a game and Barrera is going to know that, right? Like he's can't play. So he'll, he can learn that lesson quickly on like, Hey, there's some gamesmanship here and some aspects of the game that I need to learn maybe a little bit quicker. However, the, the leadership group will just say, listen, we need you. We need you for these games. We want our best players. And I think that message gets sent um, quickly and it doesn't even have to, don't really have to have Bruce step in, right? The players will let him know and and Barrera will know by not um, being able to play in in this game as well. So I think it's a quick learn, but also you love that about your player, somebody that's like wants to get in the mix. So it's just about finding those moments and knowing when to take a foul and when not, right?
4: I is an interesting player for this team, a designated player. Bruce will be the first to say that uh, it doesn't matter about the, the designations. Everyone's just a player. They have to earn their spot on the field. But we know that in MLS, those spots are, are highly coveted. He was limited to, to seven games last year. He's actually seven games this year, actually very similar in terms of how many minutes they played in both years, both sitting at one goal. Uh, what do you think of Veroni? Is Veroni someone that you're seeing positive things that will eventually make good? Or are you kind of concerned that maybe this player won't necessarily be the player that the revolution need this year?
0: No, I think I think we're already seeing even in the game against uh, against Columbus, you see his quality, right? He can play back to goal, he can get into the box, make good runs, he can play a final pass—all the qualities you expect of a top player. But I think sometimes, and Bruce has been, you know, very clear about it too. It's just going to take time coming over to a new culture. He didn't play much last year, as you said, so it's almost this is his first season really with the Revs. And it's going to take time to mesh with the players, find kind of those partnerships. We saw some of that last game, but I think as he gets the 90 minutes under his belt, as he continues to understand what Bruce and the, the team is asking for, we'll see even more of his skill set come out and be what I think could be a, a very lethal aspect in terms of scoring goals. All right, Lori, let me put you on a little bit of a hot seat here. Okay, we're one quarter into the season,
4: so you know, in a lot of ways, it's way too early to make these predictions. But you, as a a pundit, you know that like people want the the takes; they can (laughs) save it later, they can print it. You know, we saw Austin FC do it last year. So I'm gonna hit you with some rapid fire questions. You can respond a little bit if you want to, or if you want to give me a quick answer, that's fine with me. So let's just start kind of easy. Who has impressed you the most from the Revolution so far this year?
0: Yeah, Polster. I think Polster's been excellent. And I would also add in Noel Buck, just from a youth standpoint, plays is mature with his positioning. I think does some of those things that like, if you're just watching a game, you're not sure it's always going to be noticed. But I think the two of those players have allowed this team to be defensively sound. And I think that's going to pay off a ton going forward with allowing some of the players like Veroni, Carlos Heel, that we've talked about, um, being able to shine and, and do what they do best in the attacking third.
4: Will the Revs have any All Stars this year?
0: Oh, I think so. I think um, potentially the two that I just named, Carlos Heel. Uh, I think you know maybe not both, but you could pick one or two of the outside backs of of um, Brandon By or, or Jones, and then uh, you know Petrovich is amazing a goal. He's about setting records left and right. And I was just reading something about him bringing donuts. For every shutout, I need to be on this team. And every shutout says a big zero, so he brings donuts for the group, and this could be his 12th shutout that he's had since being with the Revs. So, yeah. Does Petrovich get sold this year? Ooh, good question. Mm, not this year, next year. Fair
4: enough. Uh, do the Revs make the playoffs? Yeah. Do the Revs win a trophy this year? Any trophy?
0: I think they could fight for S.H.I.E.L.D. I think if they continue this trajectory of like being stingy defensively, being annoying to play against, and then add that extra element of being a bit more potent in front of goal, I think they could make a run for the shield. I'm going for it. it could be is tough. Because we have LAFC and we know that, but like, still, I'm just at least listen, let me back this up by saying first in the East. All right.
4: I like that. A good good yeah. clarification there. Uh, yeah. Is this Bruce Arena's last year as coach? Does he retire after this year? No, I say he's going. He's still going. <laughs> if you had to take one, do you take Brandon Bay or Dewan Jones?
0: Oh, goodness. No, I take them both. I can't choose. I love them both. I think they're great. I think those, they're two of my fo- most favorite um, fullbacks in the league. I love I love their game. I think they add so much to the attack for this team and the, the work rate to get back as well and help defend.
3: Uh, let me hit you
4: with two more and let's transition the topic. Uh, team MVP this year? Who do you think will be the team MVP? Ooh. Petrovic, I like that pick. That's a good pick. Uh, and who will be the Golden Boot winner this year mm. for the Revs? For the Revs, yes.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going with I'm going with Veroni because I think there's been so much of people catch uh, you know, um, not so sure yet, right? And I I I believe in this. I like the players that um, that Bruce has brought in, and so I I think is it might take a little bit more time but I think we could see something from him.
4: Yeah, he was my pick uh, early on before the season began because my my take was if the revolution were going to be good, Veroni was going to have to be good. Um, yeah. Bobby Wood, however, has obviously stepped totally. up and been very good. Gustavo Bo like, as well?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> listen, I think we can see um, Altidore, just like even listen to him when some of the press conferences, um, embracing his role, but he has goals in him. He definitely has goals in him, and even if he's not starting, so... Uh, they have a lot of outlets up top.
4: Yeah, I, I was w- down there on Tuesday talking to him, and I was just so impressed by um, just like his leadership and, and just willing to to accept and say, like, this is my role. I'm here to score goals, like you said, and I want to win a trophy and do well, but I'm also here to be a sounding board and give advice. So I think that that's a real positive uh, thing for the Revs that is in that high, uh, mind space. Uh, I do want to switch gears a little bit because there is talk about the Boston Breakers coming back to the NWSL. You obviously played, uh, you know, women's soccer, professional soccer in this country. Um, How big do you think it would be for the Boston Breakers to come back, especially with your family so close?
0: Yeah, huge. I mean, listen, the Boston, I think when you think of women's soccer, you think of the Boston Breakers. I mean, they've been around. They, um, it was some incredible playing experience. So I never played with the Boston Breakers, but some of my friends, former teammates, love their experience. And I think in general, because of what the Revs has done, but also when just when you think of soccer and the rich culture that New England has, you want a team there. And so hopefully we will see them back. There has been more than rumors that they won't come in, in this next iteration of expansion in the NWSL, but potentially for 2025. So Yeah, I would love it. I mean, the the exposure that you want young players to have to the game and the women's game is so important. And having my family in particular close by um, for my nieces to be able to go to those games and experience them from a young age is would be amazing. And I know that they would love it. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing kind of like what rolls out. And as more details come to fruition, what we hear about that and where they'll be playing.
4: Yeah. I, I know you never played for the breakers, but I know you've scored at least one big goal against the breakers. Do you <laughs> have any favorite memories when playing against the breakers during your playing career?
0: Yeah. We used to play at the Harvard Coliseum. It, was, it wasn't the best turf. Don't get me wrong. Everyone was like a wounded player leaving there on that, some of that turf, but uh, you know, just the environment, I think right there, you know, for fans to be easily accessible. It was some of my best memories. It was, it was so fun. Um yeah. I played a lot of games there. So it'd be, I don't know if I wish that turf on anybody and, but you know, some sort of, you know, similarity to that experience would be great.
4: Uh, I'm curious. So I've talked to a lot of different people, usually about major league soccer, although I did cover the um, NWSL for a little while, a few years back. And I did interview like Sydney Leroux and some other yeah. players that were playing for the the breakers Um, But when I talked to players that played in MLS a long time ago, they would talk about the wild West and how different it is. And they would tell stories of like training in parking lots and training. (laughs) Yeah. I talked to Alexi Lawless and he's like, brother, you have no idea how far we came, you know, yeah, going to colleges and eating at at the dorm room and and the the, the jerseys being so heavy to wear. I'm curious, can you tell me a really good story that kind of exemplifies how far women's soccer has come? Like what, what, what is the behind the scenes? What was women's soccer like when you were playing and how far have we come as a, a country?
0: Oh, yeah, it's a, a straight up a league of their own a lot of the time. And we were bussing everywhere. I mean, I remember actually I was playing the Boston Breakers because it was the Boston Marathon. So it had been around this time. It was, I think, one of the first years of the NWSL or the very first year. And we got caught in the traffic of the Boston Marathon. So we were on this bus uh, sleeper bus for hours trying to get out of Boston after a game, and it was just a nightmare. So you know, t- uh, uh, a bus ride that would typically take maybe four and a half hours or so, we were on that bus ride for like eight plus hours, and. But I feel like that sums it up. Alexi's not wrong. Like It would be very similar to training in parking lots, um, busing everywhere. Uh, I say when it was a league of their own, like in the movie, it is exactly that. I mean, it was bare minimum on a lot of things. And you were quite certainly playing a lot of the times for the love of the game at one point in time. And to see the growth, I think... As we build up in particular to this summer's Women's World Cup, but also to see where MLS has come from, it's, it's been really incredible for me as a former player and a and as a analyst now to be in both MLS and NWSL to see how far the game has come. And as we prepare for the Men's World Cup hosting um, the 2026, and then the announcement that was just out yesterday of... Hoping to bid for or bidding for the 2027 in a dual bid with Mexico. I mean, to see where this game has come in America is incredible in the growth because there's no lies. I mean, packing lunches, the not having your training facility in one area, playing in a game in another, and no no locker rooms, no set. I mean, talk about playing the Coliseum, that was an amazing experience, but the turf was terrible right? And then sometimes there's a training field behind that where we played. So I could probably give you, there's so many stories. I don't know if, I, if one's even coming to mind because it's just like, my goodness, it was, some of it was a wild experience. So, but um, incredible as well to see how far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I have
4: one more question for you. And I Thank you so much for the time that you've given us. Uh, so I'm curious, you have local ties here. You're obviously someone who's you know, pastor playing career, dabble in a, a variety of different things, obviously media being the, the most prominent one. Would you ever consider joining the ownership group for, for Boston and and being a part of it on that end?
0: Well, I mean, never say never. I mean, I'm always open. I think that's the, the amazing thing about sport in general and the tight community is knowing people, getting to know people that are coming in. It does sound like that ownership group is pretty set, Um So never say never, but I don't think that that seems to be like a a pathway and, but I'm always, I live in Philadelphia. This is my home. I love it. So if things are happening here as well, I mean, that's always, I'm open to many different pathways. I love what I'm doing now. I'm so passionate about it. It Keeps me close to the game. It feels like a, a second playing career. So that's my focus now, but if things doors open in a different way, I'm again, I'm always open to conversations. Well,
4: thank you so much for joining us. I know I'll be in the stadium uh, this weekend
0: listening to the call.
4: Uh, Can you tell us where we can find you on social media as well as where we can listen to the call for this weekend's game between the New England Revolution and uh, Sporting KC?
0: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at lindsay 6 It's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y and the number six. And then for this weekend's game, it's actually free on Apple TV. There's some games that every weekend that are, and we happen to be one of them with – Rebs versus sporting KC. So this should be a fun game. So yeah, check it out.
3: Perfect. Thank you so much.